2: From the Berkshires to the sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 83, Rob Parker.
1: Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker. Great show for you on tap. Bobby Nightingale, who is the beat writer for the Cincinnati Inquiry, covers the Reds. He'll join us, plus David Grubb, who's a writer and editor from MLBBro.com. He'll talk to us about the Jackie Robinson 75th anniversary, that and much more.
2: Let's go. Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. Say it isn't so.
1: I mean, I did not believe we would be here, but here we are. We've already had the first week of games canceled. The CBA has not been, uh, a deal has not been done in time to start the regular season on time and opening day at the end of March. So instead, we're looking at now moving it into April. Who knows? Um, I really believe that the players and owners were going to get together on something. Obviously, both sides feel like they wanted to gain something in this. Nobody felt like they wanted to lose. But as usual, it is always the fans. The fans love this game. 70 million people buy tickets every single year for Major League Baseball. That's more tickets sold than the NBA, NFL, NHL, and MLS combined. Combined, yes. I know there's more baseball games, but if you add up all those leagues and all those games, baseball sells more tickets. So the fans, again, are the collateral damage in this. Hopefully, the players and owners can get together and not make this uh, drag out too long. And on uh, Wednesday, the commissioner sent out the letter for all fans, you know, talking about where labor negotiations are and whatnot, and fans don't care and don't want to hear about it. The only thing they care about is they want their game back, Mr. Commissioner. Number two. Enough already with the death of baseball and enough already with these phony national talk show hosts on TV and radio always ripping baseball every chance they get. Oh, I'll never ever talk about baseball again. I'll never watch another game. I'll never go to another baseball game. You've been saying this since 1994, after the strike. And baseball's revenue has increased 30% since 2015. It ain't going the other way. It continues to grow. It's an $11 billion business. The NFL's a $13 billion business. Hello? Is this on? Stop it. You could go back. Go to the New York Times in their, in their clip files. you read stories from 50, 60, 70 years ago that said baseball was dying. It was a dinosaur. The old gray lady. Come on. Enough with that narrative. It's a phony narrative. Fans are mad. I get it. They'll be back. We just had 28 years of labor peace from 94 to 2022. That's 28 years. That wasn't baseball. Baseball was always having labor issues every two or three years. So so pipe down with that noise and get over it, okay? This will be worked out and the game will march on. Number three. At some point, we just have to understand when there's this much money involved and people trying to figure out what to do with it, uh, you know, you're going to have some rubs. You know, there was an NFL strike in 1987. I remember covering that. The NBA had a a work stoppage in 1999. You remember the 50 game season? Yeah, Yeah, these things happen. Baseball lost the World Series in 1994. And now we're missing some games here. And even when you look at some of the other leagues, like the NFL, yeah, the reason you don't have work stoppage is because the NFL has the worst union in the league, uh, in sports. So players have just kept accepting the deals no matter what, not losing any time. And baseball, let's just, I'm going to give baseball union some credit. They've worked and, and struggled and done everything they can to have the strongest union in this country. So there's going to be some pains once in a while in order to get things that they feel that they need. They have great health care. They have great pension plans, way better than the other leagues. The NBA is, is very much so uh, comparable. But you remember the NHL lost the whole season over labor. Man, this is, this, is, this is reality. When you talk about people and money, I know you think it's a game, but it's about a lot of money, And a lot of people figuring out how to share it. So while it hurts, it's just a part of life we have to accept. And I've accepted it.
2: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn.
3: Oh, it's so good.
1: Now let's welcome in Bobby Nightingale. He is the uh, Cincinnati Reds beat writer for the Cincinnati Inquirer. And of course, the lockout has affected everybody, the fans, the players, and yes, the reporters. Bobby, welcome to the podcast. And are you as bummed out as I am?
4: Absolutely. I mean, it changes kind of my whole routine. Um, And and I'm sure a lot of fans' routines, you know, you're just going to, you have the rhythm, spring training that build up the season, and now it's kind of everything's thrown off course.
1: How about for players, you know, as they try to gear up? I know the league is very, into saying you need 28 days minimum that's why they had dropped their date really of the first because they were like there's no way you can get ready in time you can't rush players through a spring training to get ready uh how do you think this affects the players and are they in limbo to where you know they can stay loose or try to get ready or do they not do anything until really camp starts
4: yeah, I mean, that's kind of the big question is how early do you ramp up now? Just kind of you have your usual spring training, six weeks, slowly build up. Um, I do think you need the four weeks for starting pitchers. I, I, I think hitters, maybe you probably only need two, maybe three. I mean, they can get ready pretty quick. But starting pitchers, just because you have to wait five days between starts, even if you're only throwing one or two innings, those first starts um, in a spring training type game, you, you probably need four or five spring training-ish starts to feel like you're ready for a five or six inning real game. So I I do think you need that. Uh, Obviously, they have the experience during that 2020 season when everyone had that three-week camp in July. And there were a lot of injuries that year. There were a lot of guys who velocity was way down. So I I do think that's a concern uh, for a lot of players. But at least they do have the experience of knowing what it was like in 2020 and kind of ramping up on short notice. Our guest is
1: Bobby Nightingale. He's the beat writer covering the Cincinnati Reds for the Cincinnati Enquirer, And Bobby, the other thing, too, is um, how surprised are you that we're here? We knew that there was contentious between the owners and the players. But then, you know, uh, the, the, when it came time for free agency, the owners showed out a record $2.16 billion in contracts. So I kind of was lulled into thinking, like, they, you know, they put out all this money. I didn't think we would be here. Are, are you not surprised or are you surprised like I
4: am? I feel like I got more surprised when it actually happened. Um, you know, I always thought in like the back of my head that there's too much money to be lost between the two sides by missing games. I mean, this is still a sport that genera- generates $10 billion in revenues. So it's, it's, it's hard to believe we're actually here where they're going to miss parts of the season, um, you know, kind of just fighting to divi- divide this $10 billion in revenues yearly. Um, So that part surprised me. I mean, you see free agency, um, you know, that that was a nice boost before the lockout happened. And uh, I'm very curious to see kind of how teams will react when the lockout ends, because you still had two months of free and two months of free agency, two months of the offseason that are going to be condensed into probably a week or two uh, after the lockout ends.
1: How about the Cincinnati Reds? And where are they? I mean, they have a nice team last year. They were playing, you know, relatively well all the way to the end, right? Before uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but but they were right there, Bobby. Is this team going to once we get started again? Will they be back in the mix, or was that just uh, one of those uh, shot in the arm kind of things? You know, like one uh, a, a a a blip on the screen, or do they have staying power?
4: Yeah, I think. I mean, they're cutting back payroll, so I mean, I think it's tough for them to stay competitive. They're losing depth, and maybe maybe in a shorter season, if it's not 162 games, maybe that suits them well. I mean, if guys stay healthy, like Joey Votto had a resurgent season, Jonathan India won Rookie of the Year, so I mean, they have some star power in their lineup. Um, the start, the front front guys in the rotation are pretty good. It's just a matter of the, they don't have the depth they've had just because they've cut payroll the last two off seasons. So I, I think they're firmly behind St. Louis and Milwaukee in the National League Central, probably fighting with the Cubs for third place right now. But if you have a shorter season, say it's like 120 games, more guys have a chance to stay healthy. You still have the Joey Vado that showed up last year. Maybe they do have a chance to sneak in. Um, and then you have the expanded playoffs that will come too.
1: Now, I've got to ask you one other question. Being a baseball writer and you have a beautiful newborn baby daughter, who was born when exactly was she born Bobby
4: January 25th. So she was born in
1: the off season. I just want to know, was there any timing Bobby with the birth of your baby so that you (laughs) wouldn't miss spring training? I'm just saying, you know, was was that possible
4: or no? I I will say it's probably like the best timing for the lockout. Like no, don't, don't have to pay extra for childcare. Uh, can kind of lay back, lay low for a little bit and not miss anything.
1: Well, there you go. Well, uh, congratulations to you and your wife, Mazel Tov, on the birth of your daughter. And what's her name? Uh, Gianna. Gianna. Man, best of luck, Bobby. Seeing you, like, grow up, man, before my eyes, man. Very happy and proud of you. Continue success and hopefully we'll have baseball soon.
4: Yeah, I can only hope. I miss... Missing you in kind of the Detroit press box. So hopefully, hopefully uh, something will happen sooner than later. No doubt. All right, Bobby, thank you. Thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new.
1: Now let's welcome in David Grubb. He is a reporter and editor at MLBBro.com. Mr. Grubb, welcome to the podcast.
6: How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, kind of disturbed by what's going on with MLB. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm with you,
1: man. Just tell me. I didn't think we would get here. I really thought when we had the 16 hour bargaining uh, session on Monday that this would get done. I really believed that that they were moving towards something. How shocked are you
6: that, you know, the first week of the season has been wiped out already? That part is a bit shocking in the sense that they let it get this far but the tactics of the owners have not been surprising. The fact that they waited 43 days to submit a proposal, the fact that they had uh, their proposals be so far apart and tried to add things in at the last minute during those those marathon sessions that you're talking about. And it never seemed like Rob Manfred has taken this very seriously at all. His presence at the press conferences, including the one yesterday was kind of disturbing. And, and it just feels like the owners are not being um, honest and they're not operating in good faith here. We know that baseball is making more money than it's ever made. We know that salaries are going down and yet they're saying that they're struggling financially. And that just doesn't make sense. The other part though, that's strange to
1: me is, you know, they did spend $2.16 billion on contracts on free agents. So, so, you know, that was the that set a record for free agency. You saw the spending frenzy before the lockout. What did you make of that? See, that didn't make sense to
6: me. Like, like they paid players big-time money. Yeah, I think they were preparing for this because what they wanted to do was get those terms in now. And I think some of the players were in a rush, too, because they didn't know what the outcome of this would be. And I think some owners took advantage of that in being expeditious. I don't think all of them – are the same as far as their willingness to spend their willingness to compete. But you know, once they're in that room as a group, they're going to act as a group. And that's the part I think that is hurting baseball more is I think there are two separate kinds of owners. There are owners who love baseball that bought baseball teams because they want to own baseball teams. And then there's a big segment of owners that bought baseball teams and see them as profit centers. And the only thing they they look at are numbers. And I think that's been damaging to the sport. Yeah, I mean there's always gonna be bad teams, but you gotta
1: give people a product. Everybody can't win, Dave, and I agree with you, but but you gotta give people a product and a reason to come out. And maybe we just have six teams too many. I mean, nobody wants to hear that, but I believe that that there are probably six teams that need to be lopped off and get back to twenty-four teams, you know, where all the players players don't wanna hear that because they don't want to lose the jobs. But you would have, to me, a better, more competitive balance. And if you had less teams and more people vying to play, you know, like and and not just filling up rosters with people you don't want to pay. And I think that's where we get into a problem. But anyway, uh, our guest is David Grubb. He's a writer and editor for MLBbro.com. And one little nugget here, and this is why I wanted to talk to you especially is that uh, if this goes on any longer, there's a chance that the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier and changing life as people knew it here in the United States could be in jeopardy because it's April 15th uh, is that day when he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947. How big of a bum out, how how
6: big of uh, uh, would that be uh, if this does not happen? Like there are very few things that over the last 25 years or so that baseball has done really well. And the institution of Jackie Robinson Day is one of those things. It's one of those rare events that brings everybody to the table that all players want to participate in, that fans want to participate in. And it's in a lot of ways a reminder of what we can do if we do the things the right way, um, even though we have not fulfilled uh, Jackie's requests of seeing more blacks in management, of seeing more players um, in the growth of the, of, of the African-American uh, population in the game, which is something that obviously we're trying to do with MLB Bro from our side of it. Um, but yeah, not just Jackie, but also, again, Larry Doby, it'll be his 75th anniversary shortly thereafter. And both of those being in jeopardy, particularly Jackie's, who I think is the most significant athlete in American history... It would be a huge PR loss, but bigger than that, it's a huge emotional loss. It's something that we all look forward to, to see those players in unison wearing the number 42, to know that it means something across an entire sport that's unlike any other thing that's been done in hockey or basketball or football. There is nothing like Jackie Robinson Day. And if baseball misses out on that, um, I think it's just a further example of how Tone deaf they are to what this public, their fan base, really wants from them, and it would just be a colossal mistake.
1: Last thing, I I know, like in the heat of the moment, we're all pissed and mad at this. We did have 28 years of labor peace, which was unheard of in baseball. I'm I'm just giving the facts, right? 1994 Mm -hmm. until now, but people don't care about those 28 years. For a lot of this new generation, the last 25 years, they never seen labor stoppage in baseball so so this is new to them but for us older people we we have been through this before i don't believe this is going to be long because i just don't think that you can let this fester too much longer what about you if you just had to give me a guesstimate
6: how long how many games are we going to miss before we get this deal done I think we're probably maybe another week away. Hopefully, from a resolution of this, and if that's the case, then you do a three-week spring training and you get um, players in. Hopefully, uh, by mid by that Jackie Robinson date. That's what you're really, you know, I'd like to operate from. You still have time. You can get into the first week of April, late the later in the first week of April. Um, if you get things going next week, um, by the end and, next and week. opening day could be Jackie Robinson Day. It, it could be. be. And that would be a fantastic thing to to kind of gloss over the problems you've had. But I'm optimistic, too, because I think ultimately the owners have a number in their minds of how many games they're willing to miss. But those TV contracts mean too much to them. And you have teams like the Dodgers, like the Yankees that really need to get on the field and and compete for a title. They need to be out there. Their fan bases are anxiously awaiting and have bought a lot of tickets. And uh, I don't think they want to upset those. So I think that those big markets are going to push sooner rather than later to get this done. No doubt, man. Always a pleasure.
1: David Grubb, check him out on MLBbro.com.
2: Now bring in the closer. Track, one. Track, two. Track three. He's Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close. All right, now let's welcome to the podcast.
1: I don't know if there's a bigger baseball fan than me, but Ryan Bershinger might be uh, close second. Ryan, welcome. To the podcast.
7: Oh, Rob, thank you so much. This is super exciting. I'm I'm very happy to be with you.
1: No doubt. And I did want to get you on because uh, Ryan works at Fox Sports Radio with me. Uh, He loves baseball. I love young guys who still love the game with that passion. I don't think there's a bigger Dodger fan walking around. And he also has a podcast called Swing Shift, uh, which you can check out. And I've been on it, a baseball podcast. And uh, a lot of fun, but I don't wanted to get a fan's perspective. Of, you know the lockout and and Ryan. I, so you've never uh, you've never seen. I mean, there was a the, the the strike of 1994, but you didn't see that. This is the first time in your lifetime with a work stoppage and a missing of games. How stunned were you, and how hurt are you?
7: You know, the sad thing is, is I wasn't surprised. I've kind of expected this, especially given how ugly the situation was and just trying to get the 2020 season off the ground, knowing the fact that the CBA, the the talks for the CBA back in in the last time that they negotiated pretty ugly and players kind of had to concede and, and take some losses there. I kind of figured that this, uh, this, this entire negotiation period would get ugly, that things were going to get bad, that it was going to be way worse than trying to get the 2020 season going and that we would probably end up missing games. Um, I was starting to grow optimistic as we got closer to the deadline and, and seeing a much more effort, uh, especially on the lead order to, uh, to actually get in the room and not leave until a deal is done. The fact that they're going deep into the night, I was like, okay, this is good. And I was, I was kind of sort of taking the bait there on Monday night where uh, I started to see the positivity coming out. And I realize now in hindsight, and this is something that Bo Benson, who I do uh, the swing ship podcast with, um, he uh, he kind of alluded to was he, he said, man, this feels like things are kind of growing in positivity and the owners are going to pull the rug out from under us and then try to throw the the players under the bus and say, see, look, we tried, we were, we were, uh, we were there, we gave them offers. And, and now all of a sudden they're saying, no, um, I, uh, I'm upset in the entire situation. I love baseball to death, and I really started to miss it over the last couple of weeks. But quite frankly, um, all of my anger goes directly at the owners, and and I really strongly feel like everybody else should agree with me in that. Um, uh,
1: and then yeah. I was going to ask you uh, the, the the other thing is I know a lot of people get angry and they go on social media and I'll never watch baseball again. And I hate baseball and all that. And I've heard that for years. Okay. Like the death yeah. of baseball has been going on for 50 years. Okay. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, if you love the game, you, you have to kind of deal with some of these things. I don't think true baseball fans or if the, if, if it was delayed the season delayed a couple of weeks, are going to be like, I'll never watch it again. Am I, am I right? It's a little overreaction.
7: I, I 100% agree. I think that if we get the season started at some point in April or maybe even early May, by the time it, hit, it hits mid June, by the time the NBA finals are done and we get into July and you and your friends want to go out to the ballpark, you're going to completely forget that this ever happened. I really believe that. I, I think that everybody who does love the game already. Obviously, we're frustrated. We're we're upset over the situation. We're annoyed, but when uh when we're back at the ballpark, when we're at home, just watching games again, it's all going to be forgotten. Uh, and and I strongly believe that, like you said, uh, I've I've heard this entire narrative uh, my whole life. That, right. You know Right. What, what are we going to do to save baseball? Baseball is dying, and the truth is, is that baseball. Sure. At a national level, it it does struggle, but it's such a regional game that there's that there's not much you can do about it. And I do think that there is a little bit of positivity coming in these changes that will help engage it at a national level because we're going to focus on regional level baseball. I think playoff expansion is a good thing. And even though I'm a Dodger fan, I'm I'm a fan of the team that's going to that it will impact us the most because uh, the Dodgers will be in the playoffs no matter what, most likely. Um, but when you expand the postseason, it gives another chance for them to lose. But honestly, when you're when you're expanding the postseason and you're hopefully uh, instituting a salary floor, if you're if you're incentivizing uh, greater spending for uh, lower level teams, for for mid-market teams, uh, you're going to engage more regions around the country. And that's what's important is that baseball is such a regional game that when you have more regions involved, it will help grow it at a national level. So I think that there are some positive things coming here. It's just, it's very dark and very frustrating right now.
1: That's it. Hey, there it he is, Ryan Bershinger, uh, a big baseball fan who I felt would be great to be on uh, the podcast to talk about it from a fan's perspective and check out his podcast swing shift. That's right. Ryan and Bo man, Ryan, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. And Hopefully, we'll have baseball sooner than
7: later. <laughs> Hopefully, Rob. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
1: In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This
2: could be an inside the Parker. See you next week. Same bat time, same bad station.